Hello everyone and welcome back to our podcast series 10 Themes for Investing for Tomorrow where each month I talk to an investment expert from Capital Group to discuss various challenges and opportunities for investing for tomorrow. Now today I'm very excited to be talking yet again to Richard Carlyle who is an investment director at Capital Group based in London and we're going to discuss media disruption. So Richard this is a a fabulous topic to dive into I think. Well, thanks, Lisa. I think it is interesting. Thank you for inviting me back. Uh, And yes, I look forward to discussing uh, media disruption in all its different formats. So thank you. So we've all seen in recent years how the media landscape has changed. Now, I personally grew up in Ireland uh, until the age of 10. And then there were just two TV channels. And I distinctly remember when Saturday morning TV started because I tried to avoid my music club, even though I love music. But anyway, that's an aside. However, it illustrates the rate of change that has not ceased. So what does this mean with respect to investors specifically? Well, I think, Lisa, I think, you know, technology has always impacted the, the media sector from the you know, creation of film and cinema originally to the development of video cassettes, then DVDs. Now we're in the sort of YouTube, Netflix, social media generation. So I think uh, technology has always had an impact. But you're right. There's certainly a lot going on. I think we have TV and in particular pay TV being disrupted by social media. We've got the dramatic growth of the gaming industry. I know we'll come on to talk about that. And we've got the growth of the streaming uh, business as well. I think from an investment perspective, you know, that's always been the background. We would highlight a couple of things at the moment we think are interesting. One is the sort of the globalization of media content. And, you know, to illustrate it, you know, we just picked three of Netflix's most popular series. If you take Squid Game, that's made in South Korea. Lupin is made in France and Money Heist is made in Spain but they're all sold globally with subtitles. So that's a fascinating development, I think, for investors. You know, the the revenue that those programs can bring in now is is, is astonishing. And I think, you know, the final thing we'd point out is sort of consolidation. I mean, it's many big companies wanting to get in and and, and, and access content. So, you know, Amazon, through Amazon Prime, buying, buying content and Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, which is effectively content for their Xbox businesses. So, you know, they're not natural... Uh, content uh, developers, but they're keen to to get into that sort of part of the media sector. So it is fascinating. It's really, really interesting. And as you mentioned, Squid Game, Lupin, all of these episodes that we would not generally have watched because they're in subtitles, but now we watch global TV, as you pointed out. But let's go on to gaming, which you already mentioned. Uh, It might come as a surprise to some people not working in this field that gaming is the current media trend that's worth billions. So tell us more about this world of gaming and investment, which is focused in China, Japan and the US. And I happen to know that you are a bit of a gamer yourself. Uh, I'm a very bad gamer, which means I get very good value for money for every game I play because it takes me a long time to get through it. So so you're right. You're right, Lisa. I mean, gaming is probably the fastest growing part of the the, the media sector at the moment. The, the boost it got from COVID seems to have lasted longer than other COVID-inspired boosts. Um, you know, we do have lots of merger and acquisition activity at the moment. Microsoft is, is trying to make their 
biggest acquisition ever by paying $75 billion for Activision Blizzard, Activision maker World of Warcraft and Call of Duty, which is the game I vainly try, tried to play. Uh, and, you know, and just to illustrate the size of these markets, the latest Call of Duty game, and Call of Duty is a, a first-person shooter, or FPS as, uh, as people call it, you know, their latest game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, had a billion dollars of revenue in the first 10 days. You know, it's got, at any time of the day, it's got 8 or 10 million people playing it online you know and it cost me 70 pounds to download the game uh you know but it is it is for me hours and hours of entertainment because i'm i'm so bad at it but you know you're <laughs> right as well they are regional i mean in china that there, there has historically been a bias towards domestic games often served by 10 cent so 10 cent is the the biggest gaming company in the world by revenue with about 35 billion dollars a year of, of revenue bearing in that in mind that came from near zero in 2010 that's a third of 10 cents revenue but again you see the globalization you see chinese gamers wanting to play uh, more global games so fascinating you know lots of merger ac and acquisition activity uh big revenue and you know growing faster than any other part of the the media sector at the moment so it is a fascinating area yeah, you're throwing around some incredible figures there and the speed of those figures as well. But let's now move on to social media. It seems intrinsic to communication these days for all age groups, but it's very affected by geographic location, age group, culture. And let's take TikTok. It's still relatively new, just seemed to swipe Facebook off its social media pedestal. So how do you quantify for long term security how social media companies come and go? Well, that is a that is a good question, and we're right in the middle of that. And I think you have a very fair summary. I think most people would have said two or three years ago that you know Facebook and Google would continue to dominate online advertising revenue. You know they had the, the largest number of users for advertisers. They provided you know huge access and quite targeted access to uh, to users. But they've they faced a number of headwinds. One is you know as you say they've uh, they faced TikTok, which has come from in six years years to having you know 1.8 billion monthly average users and growing quickly versus Facebook's 3 billion uh, users but not really growing uh, that quickly anymore so that's uh, that's been a factor you've also had Apple do some privacy initiatives so iPhone users have the choice to reveal less information to uh, Facebook uh, uh, etc so that has been a headwind as they're less able to charge high prices for very, very targeted research and I think it has shaken investors. I mean, uh, Google uh, and Facebook, their their share of uh, online advertising revenue recently fell below 50%, something you couldn't have imagined three or four years ago. So that is an area. And one of the things we are trying to work out is, you know, are these platforms durable or are we in a position where every 10 years or so the next young generation choose a different platform from their from their aging parents etc so you know will tiktok in in five six years time face a new uh, uh development of a platform that the younger people will use again so you know that does reduce the value of these platforms quite considerably they are still valuable platforms because you know facebook still got three billion uh, monthly average users but uh, the, the the growth rates have slowed dramatically and the, the idea that it could become a more temporary, more fashion-orientated business is a, is a, is a challenge for, for investors. Absolutely, and a challenge particularly from your point of view when you're looking at the long term all the time. Now, another interesting aside is 
just the way we're going to live and something that's spoken about, it's in our minds for the future, near future perhaps, are driverless cars. And that could lead to more time for us to consume media in one way or another. So even an example like this can change things when it comes to your ideas for investments. Agreed. And I think not only driverless cars, but the fact that you can now get uh, internet access on um, you know, airline flights. I, I live in London and you can now get internet access in London underground st- in stations, not in the tunnels. I'm sure the tunnels will come at some point. So there are increasingly fewer places where you can escape uh, internet access, if you like. But you're right. I mean, we can all imagine uh, being driven to our uh, wherever we work by a driverless Uber sitting in the back with our tablet and uh, and, uh, and, and, and and consuming media, if you like. You know, that's going to be bad for those sort of roadside poster businesses businesses because no one will be looking out the windows but it will allow other forms of media to continue to grow and you know you add on a couple of hours a day of people consuming media and that is a significant amount of extra revenue that advertisers can uh, can uh, can try and access etc so agreed it, it's one of many trends to, to make media you know, universally available all of the time yeah Yes, media universally available all of the time. And just to follow up on that thought, we have this word that's in our lexicon nowadays, which is the metaverse. So how do you think about the metaverse and investment? Because there's all sorts of different companies taking this on board. Well, so we are all trying to work out what the metaverse means. We've all had our fun uh, meetings in uh, in virtual reality world. And obviously, you know, one of the biggest investors, Facebook, changed its name to Meta to reflect its focus and has spent, you know, vast sums on some estimates, you know, $36 billion on developing its metaverse uh, project and products, etc. Um, you know, we we are we are like many people asking questions. You know, well, will it be the amazing digital world where we will all interact and play games and buy and sell things and meet coworkers, etc.? Will it be that, or you know, will Apple's vision? And we think Apple is more focused on augmented reality, where virtual reality it's all consuming but in augmented reality you can still see the real world but you can have data flashed up on your your apple goggles or, or whatever you know helping you navigate the uh, life etc so which of those visions comes uh, to fruition we we watch i think i think in the, while we work that out it does have al- already have interesting in investment implications we know that the metaverse will require much higher bandwidth these are very bandwidth intensive uh, activities. It will require better processing power, faster microchips, etc. So in a way, you know, investing in the picks and shovels, if you like, of the metaverse is a pretty safe way of, um, of investing at the moment while we all work out, you know, whether what, what it will be, how it will make money, does it have barriers to entry for others, etc., which I think we're, we're, we, like everyone else, are trying to do. But for the moment, buying the picks and shovels looks a good way of benefiting from all, all that um, uh, Facebook spending. <laughs> the picks and shovels, that brings it back down to reality. Well, my final question is really over to you to wrap up this extraordinary landscape that we live in, to give us just a feel for your thoughts when it comes to predicting for the future, which is your role, <laughs> but a very difficult one. I'm glad I'm not in your position, but I'm glad I have this position to ask you to tell us what you think will happen. 
Well, the, the future is always more difficult than the past, but I think, you know, we, we, we would make a few comments. You know, it looks to us that, you know, the, that gaming industry, video games, will soon surpass pay TV to be the largest um, home entertainment market. You know, whether games are played on Xboxes or Playstations or PCs or, very importantly, mobile devices, you know, that doesn't matter to the gaming companies, but they can be played on all. So um, that extra time in the in the back of your driverless car may well be spent on a mobile device playing games so we think that's a that's a huge growth industry we're fascinated by i think that video streaming you know as the primary source of tv consumption is most likely just that globalization of of the industry and you know netflix is going to have 25 to 30 billion dollars to spend on content every year in in four or five years time that is an enormous amount of money justified by you know that that global uh, viewership um uh so you think that's an interesting trend you know we'd also sort of point out that the sports sector is very interesting you know whilst you've got some sports maybe like nfl i'm a, I'm a british person so i don't want to insult american sport maybe the nfl is in decline but you've got other um sports like soccer women's soccer etc that you know are seeing dramatic growth will formula one uh, start to influence uh, the us where nascar is the key driving sport etc so all of these things are really interesting you know what's clear is that change will continue we uh, we will continue to try and analyze and understand this change and invest shrewdly for our um for our underlying investors and uh you know but agreed lisa it's been a, it's a fascinating area at the moment it really is and you very wisely pointed out sport is another another thought in that uh i don't know if we're allowed to mention the lovely uh, london club that you are a fan of but not just that the point of that is that your wife and daughters are also fans of this particular london club um, and the fact that there is a huge rise in female sports and it's another thing to watch out for no, I agree. I mean, I think um, um, I, look, I, live in, I live in North London. I, I, I do support a club in North London. We won't, we won't offend Tottenham fans by, by mentioning <laughs> it. But, uh, but, you know, I think women's football is a growth industry. If you if you talk to people that go to women's football matches, they say they are friendly, they are hospitable. It's a much less threatening environment. And it will be fascinating to see how that sport grows. I mean, you've had the, the Women's Soccer World Cup and, uh, you know, you now start to see stadiums full for women's soccer games. That's a whole new area and targeting a demographic that is very difficult for advertisers to um to uh, you know young women uh, is, a, is a very attractive demographic for advertisers to uh, target so uh, and a very large one and a large one yeah <laughs> well richard thank you so much for your expertise for your enthusiasm and to all of our listeners thank you so much for listening as you probably already know you can check out our podcasts on investments on the paper jam delano capital group websites and you can listen back to a whole range of topics we've covered. Uh, give us your feedback. We'd love you to subscribe to this series. We'd love you to rate and review it. And you can always get in touch with your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Past results are not a guarantee of future results. This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinion of that individual and may not necessarily represent the views of Capital Group or its affiliates.